My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. Today my guest is Sam Beck-Bessinger and we're talking about my favorite topic which is the power of compound growth. It's such a fundamental topic to everything personal finance. So um, I'm really excited to speak to her today about this topic. And Sam, I really loved your book. It's I highly recommend it to everyone. I think it's it's honestly the one of the best um, books on personal finance I've read. I think I liked it so much because it was so entertaining and really <laughs> just super simple. You you create uh, you explain the concepts in such a simple way, and I think that's what we're trying to do here on the family finance show. So I don't have a background in finance and, and what we're trying to do is, is make finance really accessible to the average person. So your book did a really, really good job on that. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. I mean, so I wanted to write the kind of book that I wish had existed when I was in my 20s. Um, and in my 20s, I was the kind of person who would never have walked past a finance book and picked it up um, because I just felt like, oh, you know, these things are really boring. I'm not that kind of person. Um, and and that was a terrible attitude to have about money and it got me deep into a debt hole. Uh, so I really wanted to write a book that would prevent other young people from having to go through all of that, that learn the lessons that hard way. Um, so yeah, I, I really tried very hard to make a book that didn't seem uh, intimidating, I guess. Mm. So yeah, so thank you. Thank you for saying yeah, you, that, that it was. Yeah, you definitely accomplished that. that and, I, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's just um, a book that everyone should read. It's probably the first book you should read about um, personal finance and then you can get more complicated with all the terminology of the finance bros, as you call them. <laughs> I, I often recommend to people like Warren Ingram's book is amazing. Yeah. Um, I often recommend that people start with mine and then graduate to Warren's. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the higher grade, the higher grade. <laughs> this is the standard grade. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to all start on standard grade. So yeah, exactly. Let's, let's yeah. So our, our topic today, Sam, is compound interest and compound growth. And um, I'm sure everyone is familiar with Einstein's famous quote, which said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And he who understands it earns it and he who doesn't pays it. So mm. can you start us off maybe with a simple way to explain this concept of compound interest? Brilliant. So there are three stories that I love to tell about compound interest. And I think that these three stories each kind of explain or help you understand a different, a different aspect of it that's important. Mm -hmm. The first story that I like to tell about compound interest, um, which is kind of explains basically what it is, is I like to tell people to imagine that they are going on a long boat journey uh, imagine the days of boat cruises, right? So you're going on a long boat journey and on the boat, you bring one male rat and one female rat with you. And I want you to imagine for the sake of argument that one pair of rats can have two babies every month. Um, and also for the sake of argument, I want you to imagine that there are no cats on the ship. So if the boat leaves the harbor, and months go by, every month that original pair of rats will have babies. And after nine months, that original pair of rats would have had 18 baby rats, right? So, so far, so, so good, so simple. 
and th- that kind of growth pattern is com- is simple interest. So mm-hmm. that is what happens when uh, only the original two rats are, are mating and they're having baby rats. But the thing is that rats are actually pretty gross and very quickly it won't just be the original mummy and daddy rats who are having baby rats it will be the babies having babies mm-hmm. um so if you imagine again for the sake of argument that with every new month uh, another pair of baby rats is born and one month later that pair of babies can have their own babies as well mm-hmm. so that will give you a situation which mimics compound interest because that is where you have the, the more that the population of rats is growing, the faster the population of rats is also growing. Mm-hmm. And in that example, after 19 months, you would have 512 rats after mm-hmm. nine months as opposed to 18. Mm-hmm. And that huge difference is the difference between simple interest and compound interest. And the thing is that if you, if you then kind of keep going for a little bit longer on that boat voyage, you're really going to start regretting not bringing a cat with you. <laughs> because after 21 months, um, if the babies keep having babies, you end up with 2 million rats <laughs> after 21 <laughs> months, which I, I, my friend Georgina once did a calculation and found out that was 734 tons of rats. Oh, <laughs> so, <thank you laughs> not sure. a cruise you want to go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good cruise anymore. Um, so like compounding in, in personal finances is about understanding that it's not just about your original pair of rats having babies, it's about all of their babies having babies. So that's the first story is just to kind of help you conceptualize compounding is the babies having babies as well. Mm-hmm. The second, and, and if you translate that back to money, right? So the, be- the breeding pair of rats that you have at the beginning, that's your starting capital or your principal. That's the amount that you start off with. How many babies is in a litter? That's the interest rate. Mm-hmm. How often they have babies is the compounding period and how long your voyage lasts is the investment term. Mm. And then that kind of, so that's a really simple story. And like, I like telling that story because I can tell that story to 11 year olds, you know, and I can tell that story to 50 year olds and it gives you a very gruesome picture in your head of exactly what compound interest is and how it works. Mm. Um, the second story I like to tell about compound interest is about the fact that it's the length of the voyage that matters much more than how many pair of rats you start off with. Mm. and how I like to tell that story is I like to tell a story about vampires. So I'm a big fan of Twilight and of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, just generally a big, big vampire person. Um, And I'm sure that you've noticed that uh, in vampire stories and movies and books, um, vampires are always extremely rich, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They live in mansions and they have the fancy Mm -hmm. waistcoats. And the thing is that the reason that vampires are always rich is because they have a really long time to invest for. So if you imagine Edward Cullen, uh, Dream Bay, uh, 200 years ago went to a a normal savings account and he put 200 rand into a normal savings account. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was earning 8% interest. After 200 years, that 200 rand compounds into 1 billion rand. And that's, which it like blows my mind, right? Yeah. So this is, this is the thing about compound interest and investing in general is in the investing world, I think a lot of us feel like the most important thing is that we save a lot of money 
um, and that we try to get the best returns on, on that money. Mm. And so that means, and going back to our rat analogy, we're focusing on how many babies is in a litter of rats and we're focusing on how many pairs of rats you start off with. Mm. But the funny thing about compound interest is if you do the math on it and think about how it works, those things matter, but they don't matter as much as how long the voyage is, mm. how long you can leave the money to compound for. Um, and that's the second thing about compound interest that I think is just really, really important. And then the third story, this one is a quick one. I know mm -hmm. I'm just gabbling here. The, the third story I love to tell about compound interest is a much more practical one, which is just a reminder that fees can eat up half mm -hmm. of your investments because fees compound exactly the same way the growth mm -hmm. is. And that's the classic story that I think we've all heard of um, now, thanks to, you know, Tenex has done a really good job locally mm. in South Africa, kind of in their advertising campaigns. And I know this has come up before, um, even in your podcast, but um, if you invest, so a, a good way to a, an example of how important fees can be here mm. is that if you invest a hundred thousand Rand when you're 25, I mean, you know, what 25 year old has hundred K lying around, but it's, it's, um, if they're getting 8% uh, real growth, which is the average of what South African equities have, have done. So right. that's growth after inflation. Mm. Um, so if you invest 100K when you're 25, you leave it until you're 65, so it compounds for 40 years, um, that can grow to 2.3 million rand, which is, which is lovely. Mm. A 1% fee on that, um, which is considered very low in South mm. Africa, mm -hmm. means that you only end up with 1.6 million rand. So huge difference. that one it's a huge difference mm. and we look at these numbers like one percent two percent three percent four percent fees mm. um and we think well you know one percent isn't very much but a three percent fee on that 100k means that by the time you're 65 it's only worth seven hundred thousand rand which means that that three percent fee has cost you more than half of that two million that you would have had you know yeah. and such an so easy mistake to make i mean you, you exactly. often don't look at the fees so i think people often fall into that trap um, but i agree yeah. with you 10x and other um, companies around south africa are making a big deal about low fees so hopefully mm. people will, will get that message and not erode yeah. their um their compound growth that way um, exactly. So I love those stories, Sam. They, they're all brilliant. And the, the rat one was in the book, which I, um, I thought was super illustrative, which was a great <laughs> way to explain um, compound interest and also um, why you don't want to pay it. So I had a student loan in, in 2003 and I left university, UCT, and I went to, I lived in New Zealand for a bit and I lived in, in London and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I was doing minimum wage jobs. So mm. I'm working in a hotel reception or waitressing, that kind of thing. And so I wasn't able to pay off my loan for that year, for the year of 2004. And just mm. to see it grow, that the loan, even though I still wasn't, I wasn't studying anymore, I just had this loan and every month I owed more money on it. Um, mm. That kind of made me, made me never want to pay compound interest again and mm. rather, rather earn it. So it's much absolutely. better to be on the other side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that resonates so strongly with me. Also, as someone who had to claw my, my way out of a really deep debt hole as well. Um, you know, the, the average interest rate you pay on something, especially something like a uh, a short-term personal loan or a credit card, you know, you can often be paying 22, 23% interest 
uh, compounded on those those kinds of loans. Crazy, yeah. and you compare that to you know what the six percent interest you can get on a savings account at best, mm. and that difference between six percent and twenty three percent, like that's why bankers exist, and that's why bankers drive Audis. Mm. Um, <laughs> and Not that this is, no, exactly. And this is what's terrifying about debt is that debt can grow so much faster than your ability to to keep up with it mm. and that's when people get into debt spirals and that is i mean that's that's horrifying like i think we've all seen in our families many of us have been through this ourselves just how it keeps snowballing and getting mm. bigger and bigger okay. and bigger yeah absolutely and also um it's also uh, you have to look at the interest rate right because I, um, the length of time is probably the most important but interest mm. rate you can't just keep your money in a a cash savings account. That's not going to give you the compound growth that you need. You probably need to start looking at in investing. And that's a whole complex topic on its own, which we'll, we'll cover um, on the podcast. But you have to mm. try and maximize your return. And leaving cash in the bank, you're probably just going to get an inflationary growth there. So that's mm. probably not the best idea. And often below inflation. But yeah. that thing you're saying of, of focusing on the interest rates, I think that that's such an important thing. And it's, it's something that the where the industry really tricks people often. And I think the worst culprits of this are people who sell car loans. Oh, mm. these guys. Because balloon with a lot payments. of these types of, Oh my God, <laughs> balloon payments, uh, AKA the devil. Um, <laughs> the, thing, the thing is how, how, these, these, how these loans are sold to people, mm. um, how these debts are sold to you, is they really encourage you to focus on the monthly repayments amount. And they help you. They're like, okay, so what's your budget? What can you pay per mm. month? That's always the first question that they ask you. And the maximum. And you, they want to know the maximum exactly. that you could possibly afford to pay. The absolute maximum. And then they will structure the loan around and they will extend the term. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, which uh, the rats on the ship example should show you that the longer you take to pay back a debt, the more expensive it gets. And, mm -hmm. and it, it has a huge difference to the overall cost of that debt over time. But that's not what they show you. All they show you is, okay, cool. If we do all of these things, I can get that down to a 2,000 rand a month monthly repayment for you. You can afford that, right? Yeah. Um, and what you lose sight of is how expensive the thing has become by paying it off in this way. Mm. And you're absolutely right. What you should be focusing on is the interest rate and the length of the loan mm. and looking at what is this thing going to cost you over its lifetime um, when deciding if you actually can afford something. Yeah. Exactly. Don't get into debt that you, uh, like this hole, the black hole of debt that you can never get yourself mm. out of. Mm. Um, so Sam, I, um, I'm not big on, on complex calculations in Excel. So I like to just use rule of thumbs. And there's a rule mm. of thumb that says that your money can double every seven years. So I think that's roughly seven years if you use, if you're getting about a 10% growth rate. So, so let's mm -hmm. say your, your, your money can double uh, every year. So you really see only after a number of years investing, maybe mm. years or 21 years, that's when you're really starting to get the amazing growth because say you have a hundred thousand Rand after seven years, it will only double. So it'll be 200,000 mm -hmm. Rand. But after um, uh, 14 years, that's, that's starting to get um, quite significant at 400,000. So why do you think people struggle so much 
at the beginning because the beginning is really the hardest, right? The first seven mm. years or the first 14 years, but people often give up then, or maybe just at the end of the seven years when their money is, you know, just about to take off. Why is it so hard for people to just stick it out? I mean, I think you've just absolutely hit the nail on the head though, which is that the way that compound interest works is it gives you all the benefit at the end. And that Mm -hmm. means that it can be really, really hard to stay motivated in the beginning because, you know, if you're seeing seven, if you're seeing 10,000 Rand doubling over the first seven years, Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel like much, right? Mm -hmm. But if you think about if that if that has now grown so that it's worth five hundred thousand rand by the time you're you know thirty or forty or fifty, um, and then it doubles over the mm. next seven, then that doubling is five hundred thousand rand. So you know if you if, if you even think about a, a simpler example, um, so I love your kind of you know your your money can double every seven years. It's a great rule of thumb. But if you even go back to those really simple compound interest examples of imagine that I gave you one rand today and then doubled the amount that I gave you every day. And this is something else that I do when I, as an exercise, when I'm, when I'm talking to kids and I'm teaching kids about compound interest is we actually play this out, right? Because it's incredibly visual um, and you very, very quickly run out of money. You know, you can't, it's very easy to double one to two, two to four, and then suddenly you're doubling a hundred to 200 very, very quickly. And the problem, the thing is, if you think about this and you think about, okay, cool, you can take one rand and by the end of it, you can have a billion rand or whatever. The thing that's interesting about that is half of that billion rand you're getting on the last day. So Mm -hmm. if you stopped one day earlier Mm -hmm. or, which is more often the case, you started one day later, Mm -hmm. what you're losing out on is the the, the 50% on the other end of it. And this plays out so often um, when people are in their 20s and they're really, really stressed for money. You know, all of us are are kind of trying to figure out our way. We know that it's Mm. really, really hard to get a job in South Africa when you're young. We Mm. know that people have a lot of financial stress on them. You know, people are supporting their families from a very young age in this country. Mm. Um, So these are real stresses. But it does mean that it's very easy for young people to delay starting their own long-term investing plans, Mm -hmm. particularly starting to save for financial independence or for retirement. And they feel like it's fine. I will wait until I'm earning more money and then it will be easier for me to save. But yeah. saving is only half of half of the story. Saving is really important. But the other thing you then have to do is you have to leave that money to compound. And that is, that's where time does the work for you. So every year that you delay, it's not the kind of 10 rand or 100 rand growth that you could have gotten this year. You have to remind yourself that it's about the hundreds of thousands of rands growth that you would be getting 40 years from now. And of course, like, I think you, you said this really well. Um, that's not a natural thing for human brains to do to understand delayed gratification. Oh, yes. um, and it doesn't feel like very much when you start, but yeah. it's, it's what it's going to, it's the, the missing out on what it would do in the last few years of its growth. That really, really matters. Yeah, I mean, a good analogy, my husband's a, a trail runner and during lockdown, we watched a lot of um, documentaries about uh, Kilian Journet. He's a, he's a Spanish trail runner, I think one of the fastest. Mm. He has like fastest known times. He ran up 
and down Everest in one day, crazy stuff like that. And what he mm -hmm. said, because people are always asking him about like all the peripheral stuff. So nutrition, training programs, shoes that you wear, like all of these peripheral mm -hmm. things. But he, he said, if you want, want to run fast, you have to spend many years running at a slow pace, then mm. many years running at a medium pace, and then many years running at a fast pace. So mm. saying you've just you've got to um, you've got to be very motivated by the end goal, but you've got to do just the hard work. Like don't worry about the nutrition and the shoes and the all that Absolutely. other stuff. Just run <laughs> every day and try and in increase your pace. So it's it's pretty much the same for for compound interest. I love that. I mean, I also love flipping it around in my head um, and, and, and kind of trying to frame it for myself, not as here's what I have to sacrifice now and here's the work that I have to do now and, and focus on that, but to actually flip it around and say, you know, I love the fact that I can put my money to work for me. Like I love that I will get all of this basically free money mm. just from letting my money go off and be invested in the stock market, right? Mm. That I don't have to work for. I get this huge benefit, like these extra hundreds of thousands of rands that I'm going to have in my life to, that I will get to spend one day mm. that I didn't really have to do anything for. I just had to invest that money and then leave it the heck alone. Mm. And I, I really love flipping that narrative around in my head and enjoying that sense of, you know, I've built my own little lottery fund with a 100% guarantee payout at some <laughs> point, you know, um, and it's, it's incredibly lazy. It's a really lazy way to make money. Um, which I love. I'm a very, very lazy person. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that just by doing really what isn't a huge amount of work now, mm. It, it really isn't that hard to, no. to spend a few hours reading one or two good books about how investing works, putting your money into something really, really simple, like mm -hmm. a globally diversified, low-cost ETF, um, you know, setting up an automatic savings program for yourself. You can spend one day of your life and basically accomplish most of those things now. Mm, yes. And what you will get for doing that small amount of work is literally hundreds of thousands of extra rand at the end of your life. And it's the, like, that's the best possible, like best paid day you could possibly spend in your, in your youth. Why? extra free money in your life. And I love flipping that around for myself because that really helps me feel more motivated about it. Yeah, to have that, uh, to have, to, to visualize what life will be like in 20 years or whatever your time frame is um, in a long time once your money is, is doubling and the snowball effect is happening. Like visualize your life, what you want to do and um, all the money that you'll have to spend then by just making a few sacrifices when you're younger. And honestly, it's easier to make sacrifices when you're younger. So, um, yeah, there's, there's no reason not to do it. Um, so thanks, Sam. It's been an incredibly inspiring and motivating uh, discussion, this podcast. I hope that it inspires a lot of other people to start putting compound growth to work for them. Thanks so much for your time, Sam. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the podcast and I, I think you are doing a very good piece of work for the world. So thank you, Diana. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being. 